Hello and welcome to day 71 of our Bible reading course. We're switching back to John's Gospel today, to one of its most well-known episodes. It also prepares the way for the climax of Jesus' mission on earth. Our passage is John chapter 11 and chapter 12 down to verse 11. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of this time with you now and for the power of your word to speak to me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now a man named Lazarus was ill. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay ill, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is ill. When he heard this, Jesus said, This illness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed where he was two more days, and then he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you are going back? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. After she had said this, She went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, 
She fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odour, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen, and a cloth round his face. Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes, and let him go. Therefore many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary, and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin. What are we accomplishing, they asked. Here is this man performing many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And then the Romans will come and take away both our temple and our nation. Then one of them, named Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, spoke up. You know nothing at all. You do not realise that it is better for you that one man die for the people than that the whole nation perish. He did not say this on his own, but as high priest that year he prophesied that Jesus would die for the Jewish nation, and not only for that nation, but also for the scattered children of God, to bring them together and make them one. So from that day on they plotted to take his life. Therefore Jesus no longer moved about publicly among the people of Judea. Instead he withdrew to a region near the wilderness, to a village called Ephraim, where he stayed with his disciples. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, many went up from the country to Jerusalem for their ceremonial cleansing before the Passover. They kept looking for Jesus, and as they stood in the temple courts they asked one another, What do you think? Isn't he coming to the festival at all? But the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that anyone who found out where Jesus was should report it so that they might arrest him. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honour. Martha served, while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a half a litre of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. 
Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well, for on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. Jesus was a great teacher, healer, storyteller and miracle worker. But in no way was he a superior or aloof figure, quite the opposite. In this passage we see the human and connected side of Jesus clearly portrayed. Lord, the one you love is ill. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. He was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Jesus wept. See how he loved him. This was clearly a family Jesus knew well. Perhaps he'd stayed with them on previous visits to Jerusalem for festivals or on other occasions. John's Gospel contains seven great miracles or signs, the first being his turning water into wine, the last and greatest, the raising of Lazarus. The purpose of each one is to reveal Jesus' glory so that people might believe in him stated clearly at the wedding at Cana, and here again throughout the passage. The Gospel also records a number of I Am sayings. The Bread of Life, the Light of the World, the Good Shepherd, the Way, the Truth and the Life, etc. Here we have perhaps the most majestic of all, as Jesus asserts his authority and supremacy over death itself, in a verse that's been repeated at Christian funerals ever since. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live, even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Martha's response is another confession of faith to go alongside that of the people of Samaria we saw a few days ago, and Peter's at Caesarea Philippi yesterday. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. The timings in this story are significant. Jesus waits two days before travelling to Bethany, so that when he arrives there, Lazarus has been dead for four days. Jewish belief at the time was that a person's soul hovered near their body for three days after death, seeking re-entry. On the fourth day, seeing that the colour of the face had changed, it departed for Sheol. So by this reckoning, Lazarus was beyond hope, thus making the miracle even more glorious. But not everyone either sees or wants God's glory to be revealed in Jesus. Afraid that the people are going over to him and turning against them, the high priest invents an excuse for a plot on his life. The Romans will come and take away both our temple and our nation. Explain how that works. Finally, we have that lovely dinner of celebration and thanks at Martha, Mary and Lazarus' home, 
with the beautiful image of the house filled with the fragrance of the perfume. The Incarnation is all about God with us, and Jesus' relationship with this family of siblings is a wonderful example. Is he a familiar guest in my home? Do I know his love and friendship in its rooms and any garden I may have? Does this story help me to understand the timing of God? Why he sometimes seems to delay? Or even allow things to happen so that I find myself saying like Martha and Mary, if only you had been here. Is there something I need to give him today that I am anxious and impatient about? Mary's costly and heartfelt response to what Jesus had done for her family is a lovely example of thankfulness and worship. What are some of the things I have done in the past and could do at this time of lockdown to express my praise and adoration to God? Lord Jesus, I think once again of the huge shadow that coronavirus has cast across this world, robbing so many of life and loved ones. Touch all who mourn with your great compassion, I pray, and bring them hope through the promise of resurrection for all who put their trust in you. And maybe in this time of such tragedy, would you cause people to turn to you as the Lord of life and conqueror of death. Amen.